Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. We've got the conference final set. Tomorrow, it'll be Florida and Carolina. We'll begin in the east. And out west, it'll be Dallas and Vegas. We'll get to that in a second, but a bomb dropped on the Arizona Coyotes late last night when the vote was turned down for a new arena in Tempe. Now, is this the final strike for a franchise that has been dysfunctional, to say the least, for going on almost three decades? And I give Gary Bevin and the NHL all kinds of credit. They tried to make this work every which way. They took over the franchise for a while, different owners trying to get something built in downtown Phoenix, trying to get something built in Tempe, trying uh, to make it work in Glendale, eventually moving to Mullet Arena um, on the campus of Arizona State, got a chance to call a game there, 5,000 people, but they didn't really even sell that out. When I called the game with the Rangers, half the building was Ranger fans. I just think you have to come to a, a Jesus moment for the NHL and say, listen, you, you, gave, it, you gave it your all. And I know you want to make it work in Arizona, and the Diamondbacks work there, and the Cardinals work there, and the Suns work there, and you want to be able to have an NHL team in that kind of a market, but it just has not worked. And and the one thing that I never want to hear, whenever there's been, you know, when the Thrashers were going to be moving out of uh, Atlanta, or when it wasn't working in Hartford, it was always the same, well, you know, if the team was good, then they would draw. All right, well, you can't guarantee being good every year, and you can't hemorrhage money from the eyes when you're not good. And they have not made the playoffs at all. Um, I think it's nine times in the 27 years they've been there. Their biggest run was in 2012 to the conference final when they were swept by the Kings. And they haven't been good, and they haven't been able to stabilize anything. And it just isn't going to work. And there's other cities that I think a team could thrive. And Gary Bettman and uh, and Daly and everybody involved in the NHL can look in the mirror and say, did we do everything humanly possible to make this work in the Phoenix area? And I think they could say yes, and now it's time to move on. I, I know the Suns owner has inquired about possibly purchasing the team, revamping where the Suns play to allow it to be for hockey. Will that work? Is it is it worth trying that, or is that just you know kicking the can down the road to eventually having to relocate um i don't like the idea of expansion i think 32 teams is perfect and when you have places like houston you know begging for a franchise it would be an easy move there would have to be no reconfiguration of the divisions you would just have arizona now play in houston keep them in the central division and just move on houston is the 10th most populated city in the united states Um, They've been able to make it work sports-wise there with the Astros, with the Rockets, with the Texans. They have the the capability of making it work there. I just think that that is the prudent move. Now, apparently, the Utah Jazz owner is interested in possibly bringing the Coyotes to Utah. 
I don't know if that works. Not an incredibly major market. I understand that your only competition would be the Jazz, but they play the same time you do. Is it a little too close to Vegas? Uh, is it tapping into their market just a little bit? I, I I think Houston is perfect. It's the second team in Texas. All the other sports have multiple teams in Texas. It gives the natural rival to the Dallas Stars. I just think you've got to punt on this if you're the NHL. So I, I, I guess you're obligated to see where it goes with the Suns owner, but there's a lot of things that didn't work out for the Coyotes. The inability to gain any traction there. I understand that the vote, apparently the demographic was much older, people that do not attend sporting events, and most people that do not want to part with their tax dollars for a, a venue that they're not going to go to, and maybe that's unfair. Hey, relocation is a pain. Even the Thrashers, who flat out did not work in Atlanta, you felt bad for the fans that did support the team to see them move. And it's gut-wrenching. It's terrible to lose your franchise. Ask Ram and Cardinal fans in St. Louis in the NFL, in the NHL, how they felt in Quebec, how they felt in Hartford, how they felt in Winnipeg originally when those teams were gutted from them and Winnipeg was able to get a franchise back. Maybe someday Quebec will as well, but... Hey, I just don't think the numbers work. They don't. And and in this idea, why do we keep bringing Atlanta into the conversation? It didn't work with the Thrashers. It's just not a hockey town. I get it feels sexy because Atlanta works with the Braves and the Falcons and and the Hawks and all that. But just like Arizona, all right, it's just not a hockey town. Now, the the other shame of the relocation is they have built a very um, well-run, well-attended, uh, hockey community there in Arizona uh, for youth hockey. We don't have Austin Matthews, maybe, if the Coyotes didn't play in Arizona. So you feel bad for that, trying to grow the sport in areas where it hasn't thrived before. And I give Gary a lot of credit for for having teams in Carolina, in Dallas, uh, in Arizona, You know, trying to make it work in the South, two teams in Florida. But can you honestly say to yourself that is it worth saving the Coyotes? And then what do you do if you ended up getting uh, them to move to Phoenix and, and, and the attendance is still poor and the team is still bad, and which the, every, every indication is that that's the case. I understand the logistics of Arizona. You've got Glendale. You've got Tempe. You've got Scottsdale. You've got Phoenix all very far away from each other. You can convince people to go to Glendale once a week to watch football, but can you expect the people in all of the outer suburbs and in the city of Phoenix to schlep out to you know Glendale um, you know, maybe, maybe two, three times a week to see a hockey team. There's always reasons, but at the end of the day, it just uh, isn't working. And I, I feel terrible. I feel terrible for those fans, but I just think Houston is a perfect market. I don't know what to say to the fans in Quebec. It looks like Ottawa is going to get their situation uh, settled there. Um, so I, I don't know if relocation works for the Coyotes going to Quebec considering that you would still have that oddness, like where would you put the Nordiques or who could you move out to the West? I think just Houston just makes a lot of sense. And maybe they just have too many Canadian teams to begin with here because there is the um, the tax situation, the, the, the value of the dollar. Um, I... I, I I love Canada. You know that. The more Canadian teams, the better as far as I'm concerned. I'd love for the Nordiques to be able to be back into the National Hockey League, selfishly for me as a fan. But does it work revenue-wise for the NHL when you've got a big market like Houston wanting a team? I know Portland's very interested as well. That can make for very interesting hockey with a rivalry with Vancouver and Seattle. There's just other places to just make it work. 
So um, I figured I would just start the podcast out with that. Kind of stinks. But at the end of the day, I just don't... This has been something we've been dealing with forever. I remember doing shows on NHL Live, different votes, different ideas, different ownership. The NHL taking over. It's just, it's been, it just doesn't work. And they had quick triggers in Atlanta. They had quick trigger, triggers in Atlanta the first time they were there with the Flames before they moved to Calgary. Doesn't work in Atlanta. You know, I understand trying to expand to the South, but in just some areas, it just does not make a lot of sense. So if I had a vote, I would say move the Coyotes to Houston. But it looks like there still may be a couple of more avenues for them to go here. So it may not be completely dead yet. But to me, I just think that you're kicking a dead horse. I just don't think it's going to work anymore. All right, let's get to the task at hand. And that, of course, is the Final Four. I think this is an interesting Final Four. We talked about this with EJ back on Monday. I know no major markets and four non-traditional hockey markets. But let's take a look at what's interesting about the Eastern Conference with Carolina. I mean, Carolina... They've been they've been banging on the door for a while now. Exceptionally run team, exceptionally well coached team. First place back to back years, um, conference final for the first time since 2019. Uh, really, when you think of it, made short work of both the Islanders and the Devils, having three one leads against both of them. The Islanders were able to force a game six. Devils were not so fortunate, but they know how to play playoff hockey. They clog that neutral zone. They limit your opportunities. Taravainen should be ready to to come and, and add to what was a very productive offensive team in the round against the New Jersey Devils. I think they took advantage of sloppy goaltending and defense, but still they did what they had to do, scoring an inordinate amount of goals against New Jersey. Going up against a Florida team that everybody now loves. So, you know, Florida has now become the 2012 Los Angeles Kings, and because of their victories over Boston and Toronto, the Carolina is going to be a fait accompli. Um, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to be this Carolina team. Now, Florida certainly equipped to do it. Bobrovsky's playing out of his mind. Barkov has played terrific hockey. Verhage has been tremendous as well. I think this is going to be epically fun series. That's why I don't get caught up in the market size and the fan base side and the traditional hockey market garbage. This is going to be a phenomenal series against two te- different styles. There are stars on these teams. I mean, Sebastian Ajo, if you follow hockey, you certainly know what he can do. you got the Stoll brothers all going against each other. Eric and Mark on the Florida side. Jordan on the Carolina side. You've got Paul Maurice, who took Carolina to a Stanley Cup final back in 2002, coaching up against his old team. Brenda Moore trying to win a cup in Carolina as a coach after doing it as a captain of the team or as a member of the team back in 2006. And, of course, Eric Stoll was on that 2006 team, and now he's a member of the Florida Panthers. So if you really dive into this matchup, there's a lot of juicy things to get into. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to go seven, but I think Carolina is going to prevail here. I think they're seasoned. I think they've been ready for this. And what's interesting, and I don't want to take a bow on it because when the playoffs started, I had uh, the Boston Bruins going to the Stanley Cup final against the Edmonton Oilers, but somebody reminded me way back in the day on ESPN, I was asked um, who was going to win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the year, and I had said the Carolina Hurricanes, so might as well just ride that, but I'm not going to take a bow for it considering I had multiple opportunities to pick Carolina to win once we got deeper into the season and didn't do it, but the reasoning that I had at the beginning of the year is still sound, is that they're seasoned, they're ready, and I think they're, they're, they're going to take that next step. They've been very patient with this team you know they never fired Brenda Moore when they got bounced in the second round in those back-to-back seasons you take a look at what they've accomplished since going to the conference final in 2019 
Very good regular season team, disappointments in the postseason, and now they've made it to the conference final for the first time in four years, and I think they're ready to take that step to the Stanley Cup final. So I like Carolina to win this series in seven. Dallas and Vegas, also very interesting. You know, these are two of the best teams in the NHL. Vegas won the conference, and Dallas finished in second place and lost out on first place in the Central Division on the last day of the season to the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche. This is a terrific Dallas team. If you've been listening to this podcast, yes, I had Edmonton, but I also had kind of a 1A in Dallas. Now, Ottinger has not played to the level I think he's capable of playing. They were able to survive it against Seattle because Seattle wasn't a potent offensive team. But now you're looking at Vegas and Eichel's playing terrific. He's got a chance to possibly win the Smythe Trophy but still not a tremendous amount of firepower with Vegas. Goaltending kind of in flux. It looks like it's going to be Aiden Hill. They've got four legitimate goaltenders that can play in this series, but it looks like it's going to be Hill that's going to go to start. But Ottinger, I think, will find his game. Dallas, you know, they went to the the Stanley Cup final in the bubble. They've been a consistent playoff team. Hintz is playing out of his mind. Robertson is having a tremendous, tremendous season. Um, This is going to be a Dallas victory, and I'm going to pick it in six. So I've got a Stanley Cup final of Dallas versus Carolina, and I think that'd be a fun series as well. So I think the conference finals are going to be a lot of fun. TNT and ESPN will have all of the duties coming up again starting tomorrow. ESPN is going to have the West. TNT is going to have the East. So we're going to get, of course, the eight teams for both. So we'll see Kenny, Eddie, and Keith Jones on TNT. Congratulations to Keith on becoming president of the Florida um, of the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. So congratulations to him. How awkward was that? Because the other candidate was Eddie Olchuk, who he works with at TNT. Both would have been terrific picks, but considering Keith had that time in Philadelphia and, um, of course, worked on their broadcasts as well, um, gets the nod there in Philadelphia. And then we'll get uh, Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro and the crew there for ESPN with Dallas and, and the Golden Knights. And I tweeted this out. Uh, game seven, great game. Dallas, Seattle, fun game. The better team won, but kudos to Seattle in their second year, making it to the second round, playing a couple of uh, seven-game series. Their future looks bright, and that's how close we came to the expansion team conference final uh, in the uh, the Western Conference. But Bob Wischusen, just an amazing job calling game seven. We're not going to hear Bob again. It's going to be Sean McDonough the rest of the way, and then TNT is going to have the Stanley Cup final. But uh, I'm a, fr- a friend of Bob, worked with Bob for 30 years. I thought he did a tremendous job all playoffs long. I-, I was so impressed with him, and he did a tremendous job, him and Brian Boucher, on uh, Game 7. And so Bob will be missed the rest of the way, but we're looking forward to when October starts again, getting a little bit more of Bob with shoes. And let's hear from you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. I know a lot of people want to chime in about everything that's happening uh, in the world of the NHL, not just the playoffs, but what's happening with the Arizona situation. And we go to David Hine, who says, since the Panthers are in their first Eastern Conference final since 1996, Stanley Cup run squad. What are your memories of what that Florida team, for someone that was six then, I wasn't watching hockey at that point, and only know that season for the fake rats being thrown on the ice. It was an amazing run for Florida. Led by former Ranger goaltender John Van Beesbrook. Scott Mellenby was on that team. They just, they, that was the era of the trap. And, you know, the Devils were able to win the Cup in 95 with the trap. Florida kind of inherited that kind of a style, grind you down. They had a huge conference final victory over Pittsburgh. And that was, that was an interesting run for a Florida Panther team in their infancy. 
and John Van Beesbrook is my biggest memory of that. And of course, they went to the Stanley Cup final, got swept by the Colorado Avalanche, who were in their first year. They had been in Nord- been the Quebec Nordiques the year before, and then moved. Of course, they acquired Patrick Wan, and Wah just stood on his head. So. Those are my memories of the Florida Panthers. They were it's hard to say that they were a fun team because again that was the the dead puck era and when you think of the dead puck era you certainly think of that Florida Panther team finding their way to the uh Stanley Cup final um basically in what only like a handful of years in the league when they finally were able to do that uh and then not win another playoff series until last year. So they went to the Stanley Cup final in 1996 and their next playoff win in the first round didn't come until last year's win over the Washington Capitals. They finished in third place in the Atlantic Division that year. And in some of the names, um, Scott Mellenby, as I said, was their leading goal scorer. Rob Niedermeyer was on that team, had 26 goals. Um, Radek Dvorak, uh, Ed Jovanowski was a stud defenseman for them uh, and had uh, a, a Twenty-one points as well. Ray Shepard was a well-journeyed guy. If you remember him from the Detroit Red Wings, so they had kind of guys scattered all over the place as you know, basically an expansion team. But it was really John Van Beesbrook that uh, made that go, and kind of just fun. We fast forward nearly thirty years later, and they're back in a chance to bang on the door for a Stanley Cup final uh, appearance. Bobby says, setting aside the cap implications. Who should New Jersey want to bring back next season out of their free agents? Meyer, of course. I don't see Brad as trade bait, but there's Graves, Tatar, Severson, Wood, McLeod, and Boquist with prospects at all positions ready to step in. I, I think Severson's days are done. I think Graves could possibly go as well. They're, they're well-steeped with young defensemen. Uh, McLeod is someone that uh, could be expendable as well. I want to keep Boquist. Tatar... He's a nice player for them. He really is. But Meyer, of course, you definitely want to stay. But I would say the two guys that will go, definitely Severson, and I could see Graves going as well. Uh, Joe says, hey, Don, with the Coyote situation in Arizona worsening, do you think relocation is imminent? And if so, where? Quebec, Houston? Again, Quebec doesn't make sense from the standpoint of where do you put them. All right, let's just say for sake of argument you move them to Quebec. You now you're going to have extra East team. What what is a team in the East that can move now to the Central Division? I, I guess you could do it. I mean, like I said, the Dallas Cowboys play in the NFC East for years. The Atlanta Falcons played in the uh, NFC West. The Atlanta Braves played in the um, National League West for a bunch of years. So did the Cincinnati Reds. But like realistically, who in the in the um, East would be able to move out West to the Central Division. Detroit? I mean, they did play a long time in the West. I guess that would be the one team if you really wanted to do that. But again, does the NHL have an appetite for an eighth Canadian-based team? That's a lot to ask for. I Again, I, I'd want to see it. I'd want to see it. The passion they have for the team, bring back those old uniforms, but I just think Houston makes the most sense. Anthony says... Where do you think would be a cool place for the um, Coyotes to wind up? Um, and we just answered that question. Uh, Derek says, who are some names that come to mind for playoff MVP so far? Verhage, Hintz, Eichel, uh, to name a few. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. The guy by far that has been the most impressive in the playoffs has now been eliminated, and that is Leon Dreisaitl. 
Um, he's gone. But Hintz, he's second in goals. Hintz is second in points. Now first in points with, with um, McDavid and Dreisaitl out uh, of, uh, of the mix. Yeah, and another guy that doesn't get a lot of conversation is Jacob Slavin has been very, very consistent for this team. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is somebody that can get thrown uh, into the mix as well. So those are some of the names besides the one that you mentioned that have the best chance. But let's not forget, we're only halfway through this thing, and there's still a couple more rounds to go. So if you the names that you mentioned are all still alive with Eichel, Hintz, Verhage, still very much alive, um, Kachuk in Florida, um, you know, does Bobrovsky get a chance the way he certainly played filling in for Lions? So I think that will define itself certainly over the next couple of weeks here uh, in the conference final. Um, Yankee and Penguin says, hey, Don, do you think that Babcock is a consideration for the Columbus or the Rangers jobs? Here's the thing with Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock, there's a lot of players who felt that he was a little abusive. Um, and he's old school. And the NHL is probably last in this category, but still trending in this direction, where I don't know if those really hard asses, for lack of a better phrase, work with the younger kids anymore. So I'm just wondering if Babcock has kind of played himself out of any consideration. I think you'd be foolish not to interview him and see where you stand with him. Took the Anaheim Ducks to the Stanley Cup Final in 2003. You certainly know his resume uh, with the Detroit Red Wings. Didn't accomplish much in Toronto, but then again, who has? So it's an interesting conversation. Don't Mike, uh, Don't ask uh, Mike Commodore's feelings on Babcock. Go back to his timeline uh, a few years ago. He'll have some uh, negative things to say about Babcock, but... Uh, I have not heard his name mentioned as a candidate there. I think everybody's kind of just waiting to see what happens with Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh. You know, uh, does Dubas get let go by Toronto? Does he go to Pittsburgh? Does Pittsburgh blow it up further and Mike Mike Sullivan becomes available? I think people are kind of waiting in the weeds right now that Pittsburgh situation's got, like, everything on hold. It's still very early, middle of May. Playoffs are still going on. But I think it's going to be fast and furious here once we crown a Stanley Cup champion. But I think people are kind of just waiting for the Pittsburgh Penguins um, to make their decisions on what they're going to do. Mark says, conference finals look a lot like coin flips. Carolina has played the same way since day one, but continue to roll. Injuries aside, their structure, 6, 7D, and ability to play the same way and win, would you put your money on them to win it all without any superstars? Well, Dallas, to me, is the favorite. I, I think of the four teams remaining, it goes Dallas, Carolina, I'd put Florida over Vegas just because of the way Florida is playing. That's the way that I would outline it. But don't go by me because, again, Boston was my cup champion, bounced in the first round. Edmonton didn't make it out of the second round. So uh, I would not go by me because I've had a very, very, very difficult playoffs like everybody has for sure. But you know what? You talk about what does the regular season mean. If it ends up being Vegas and Carolina in the Stanley Cup Final, which it very well could be, you're talking about two division winners, the one seed in the West going up against the two seed in the East. That tells you the regular season means something. And even if it's Dallas and Carolina, Dallas still was an outstanding team during the course of the year. If you look at the best teams, if you go to the standings at the end of the season, um, the best teams in the National Hockey League, the top teams, were as follows. Boston was one. Carolina, still alive, was two. Devils, Leafs, Vegas was five. Vegas alive. 
So two of the top five teams are still alive in the playoffs. Dallas was eight, and they're, of course, still alive. Now, Florida certainly would be the outlier, and they were ranked 17th. Uh, in the 32-team league, so they're right in the middle of the pack. But there's always going to be surprises, but let's wait and see what happens when it's all said and done. It begins tomorrow on TNT with the East, Carolina versus Florida, and then Thursday for the West on ESPN with the Golden Knights taking on the Dallas Stars. We'll be back with you on Friday, and we'll already be well underway. Both team, both uh, conferences will have a game under their belt. Maybe we'll get a little bit closer to some of these coaching decisions and where the Arizona Coyotes could eventually end up, although I have a feeling that's going to probably take us through the summer into next year as well. So thanks for everybody to participate. Thanks for Ray Dinahan pinch hitting for Anthony Pusick. We'll be back with you again on Friday. Want to get in touch with me, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.